Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we're doing a little bit of a different episode. We're going to be talking about one of the most popular intellectual properties on the planet Earth. That's right. We're talking about Netflix's Squid Game. Now, if you aren't familiar with this story, I can hardly believe it based on all the news articles regarding it. But it's the story of a plucky band of Korean individuals who make their way through a series of kids games, learning about life, love, and maybe some other facets of the human experience. It has proven to be worth almost a billion dollars to Netflix since its release only in September of this year. They say that 111 million viewers watched this thing at least for a couple of minutes. These metrics are always a little bit squishy because they're based on data that the rest of the world can't see. And every time we look into these things, it's a couple of minutes that somebody has touched something on one of these services that gets them added to this big list. That said, you can still compare popular shows to other popular shows. And you can see that Squid Game had 111 million touches since September 17th, while Bridgerton only had 82 million in its first 28 days on the platform. And this is a couple of weeks ago. So who knows how many Squid Game viewers there are now? How many Squid Game people were walking around your neighborhood at Halloween? Hopefully not kids. It's it's really not a kid-appropriate title. Squid Game on Netflix, not to be confused with Nintendo's Splatoon. You might see the same kind of bright pink. You might see kids playing a game and, in fact, turning into squids. But parents, you don't want to make this mistake. Squid Game, not the same as Splatoon. What it is, however, is a terribly zeitgeisty pop culture event, the likes of which that have become a bit rarer since television shows are no longer something that you have to watch on a specific day at a specific time. And out of those kinds of pop culture fueled balloon events, you get a lot of interesting issues with the law. You get a lot of folks seeking to get rich quick. You see a lot of other folks looking to ride the coattails of that intellectual property. And that's what this video is about. To be frank, I'm not as high on the actual Squid Game property as some are. Maybe I can do a postmortem on it. I can talk to you about my thoughts on this series at some point. I think it's fine. I just don't think it's special. But a whole lot of you do. And that leads to a whole lot of of imitation, being, of course, the sincerest form of flattery. Here's an article from The Motley Crew that talks about this a little bit. Shocker, Netflix likes to get word-of-mouth marketing freebies. Many companies take a more draconian view of copyright issues. Netflix is doing it right. And this is our first entry point into the world of Squid Game and the law in the United States in particular in 2021. And this is about a topic we've talked about to some great extent here in this space. And that concept is largesse. If you haven't watched a virtual legality episode before, I use the term largesse to refer to the fact that some party or another might have a legal right to do something, but it's in their best interest, or at least as they've determined it, to not exercise that right against you. So in other videos that I've done in this series, I've talked about the fact that streaming games on Twitch or YouTube or Facebook gaming or wherever you might find yourself can in some respects be seen as illegal depending on what the contract terms say. And the baseline contract terms in the video game industry right now is that you get a license to use a piece of software for your personal use on your personal computer without legally recognized rights to distribute, display, 
publicize your playthrough of that game. So even though a game like Among Us becomes super popular by virtue of streaming, the streamers themselves still don't have the legal right to necessarily do what they're doing, and that puts them in danger of the actual copyright holder, which is otherwise exercising its largesse, deciding at some moment in time that they no longer want to support that particular behavior. And that, in fact, is what Netflix is doing with their Squid Game property. As this Motley Fool article says, movie studios and record labels are often quick to complain when fans make unauthorized tributes to their copyrighted works. Netflix accepts the free marketing these spontaneous reactions can bring. It's very pro-creator. You love to see it, uh, but it is also a little bit slanted in its perception of what's happening here. You also see some complaints about the usual suspects. We've talked about Nintendo in this space. We've certainly talked about Disney in this space. And these two companies are some of the stricter controllers of their copyright. Remember, again, if you haven't been here in virtual legality before, that one myth you might see online is that they have to act against copyright infringement or else risk losing their copyright. That's not true. Copyright protection is not the same as trademark protection, where you can legitimately lose the right to have your trademark be associated solely with you if you don't police it a little bit. And we will, in fact, have a trademark discussion as part of this video. Copyright, you can exercise largesse if you're a Nintendo or you're Walt Disney. You're making economic and public relations determinations every minute when you're deciding whether or not to make an example of somebody on Twitch or otherwise online. And the Motley Fool's position here is that Nintendo and Walt Disney do it in too harsh a fashion and compare it to what Netflix has said. Netflix has said in Tuesday's earnings report from a few weeks back that the South Korean drama Squid Game now ranks as the company's most watched show of all time. And with great popularity comes a great deal of fan reactions, including Squid Game themed TikTok videos with a total of 42 billion views. That's, that's with a B. It's a few people viewing that content. If this was Nintendo or maybe even Disney, TikTok's legal department would be swamped with video takedown requests or cease and desist orders. But this is Netflix. Management simply noted that the Korean show pierced the cultural zeitgeist and that the company is sending consumer products with Squid Game themes to retail outlets as we speak. COO Greg Peters at Netflix said the following, it's just tremendously exciting to see something like Squid Game blow up in the cultural zeitgeist and then how that passion for the title shows up in all these different places. We definitely want to be a part of some of that passion, but there's no, I think, monopoly on that passion. And so you'll see it in other places. And people are sending around TikTok videos or they're doing their own sort of mini games in Roblox or things like that. I think that's great. And I think that we should celebrate that fandom and that excitement as well. And that excitement is all over the place. If you look at just a screenshot from Roblox typing in the word Squid Game, you see hundreds of entries into the Squid Game genre of folks that almost certainly, I'm a lawyer, so I can't actually say absolutely definitely, but 99.9% of these are not going to have the intellectual property rights to actually use the Squid Game name, use the pictures, use the logo, whatever else it might be that's Netflix copyrighted imagery or trademark terms, but they're doing it anyway because Netflix has essentially said, hey, we love it. And to some extent, that makes a ton of sense. We certainly see it in the Twitch space where these publishers say, hey, that helps us sell video games. The Among Us crew is all for it. Yes, stream our games. That's how we became millionaires. 
And yet we're not necessarily going to change our contract terms because there might come a time when we have to swing that sword of Damocles a little bit lower and make an example of somebody that for whatever reason we don't like. If it gets associated with something bad, for instance, but more on that in just a second. If we look at the articles that have been written about that, you see PC Gamer articles talking about all the images of Squid Game in various places online that they could find, including this screenshot of Roblox. I got over my shock at its frontier sense of copyright law, says the author. PC Gaming's rejoinder to Squid Game seems very similar to PC Gaming's response to many trends. Confusion, playfulness, absurdity, and a delightful disregard for copyright law. And this is kind of an acknowledged situation for these folks. But if Netflix were to just swing around in two seconds and say, all of this is gone, I don't know that anybody would necessarily be surprised. So it's always kind of caveat emptor or perhaps developer emptor here. Be careful if you're going to put your time and effort and blood and sweat and tears into something like this, even if you think you could earn Robux or some other currency that you might otherwise avail yourselves of because Netflix could decide that it's bad for it. Furthermore, Netflix isn't the only party that's invested in this question because if you are making something for Roblox, and I'm just taking this out because it's an easy place to find a lot of these instances of intellectual property infringement. If you're making something on that service, you've already told Roblox that you aren't infringing on anything. Your UGC representations and warranties, that's user-generated content. You are promising to Roblox the following. You are the creator and owner of and have the necessary licenses, rights, consents, and permissions to use and to authorize us to exploit the license that you grant to us here under, right? Roblox has to distribute the stuff that you make. So you give them a license to do that when you sign up to these terms. You have to say, hey, I have the rights to make a squid game piece of property and I have the right to transmit that distribution right to you. That's important for Roblox. In C, your user-generated content and the use of your user-generated content as contemplated by these terms does not and will not, among a whole bunch of other things, infringe, violate, or misappropriate any third-party right, including any copyright, trademark, patent, trade secret, moral right, privacy right, right of publicity, or any other intellectual property or proprietary right. You have promised Roblox that you aren't doing what it is patently obvious that so many are doing. And this is fine as long as everybody's making money. As long as everybody's happy, Netflix is happy with the advertising, Roblox is happy because they're taking a little slice off of whatever Robux are being transferred around in people interacting with these games. And certainly they're getting more eyeballs, more PC gamer articles about their service and their platform. So everybody's cool until somebody is not. And that's that sort of Damocles. That's why largesse is such a problematic position to find yourself in, whether you're streaming a video game or making your own version of something using somebody else's intellectual property. It's why there are videos on this channel talking about fan art and fan games and interacting in this sphere, not because you'll always be taken down, not because you won't find yourself with a copyright holder that sounds like Netflix here saying, hey, we love advertising, but because even if they say that today, they could change their mind tomorrow and you don't have a contract right. You're infringing on all of this stuff whenever you do it. PC Gamer knows that. Frontier look at copyright law. And you've promised another party that you aren't infringing. So if for some reason you offended the powers that be at Roblox, they can come after you as well.
Now you might think to yourself, Rick, you're making too big a mountain out of a molehill. When could this ever happen? And the answer is it's likely to happen more and more as we continue with a certain amount of popularity for the Squid Game property. And one way that we've seen that has already been shown only a day ago, again in PC Gamer, Squid Game cryptocurrency scammers vanish with $3.3 million. The unofficial Squid Game cryptocurrency was a scam all along. Now, I'm a lawyer again. I wouldn't write it that way. Looks like it might have been a scam. Seems pretty darn certain that it was a scam, but that's the subheadline for the article. It says an unofficial Squid Game cryptocurrency called Squid launched and vanished in less than a month. Its creators, whose identities are unknown, welcome the blockchain and cryptocurrency, pulled the rug out from would-be investors after pocketing about $3.38 million. The Squid Crypto Coin wasn't officially affiliated with Squid Game, the popular Netflix show that debuted on September 17th. And anyone who visited its Squid Game cash website or read its Twitter and bought Squid wasn't able to sell it on an exchange, even as its value rose from $38 to just under $3,000 in a week. The lock on selling Squid Coins allowed its creators, who couldn't be identified any further than the photos on the website, to drop the project, citing hack attempts, take all the money, and tank the coin's value. Now, if you are familiar with the Squid Game property, and we're not talking about the lawfulness here, which we will in just a second, you might look at this and say, this is actually quite the postmodern art piece, right? In their white paper, which we can look at in just a second, an anti-dump mechanism was put in place that forced you to attain marble tokens via a play-to-earn game in order to sell your squid coins. At that point, they then said, someone is trying to hack our project, not only the Twitter account, but also our smart contract. We're trying to protect it, but the price is abnormal. Squid Game Dev does not want to continue running the project as we are depressed from the scammers and are overwhelmed with the stress. We have to remove all the restrictions and the transaction rules of Squid Game. Squid Game will now enter a new stage of community autonomy. In order for Squid to function, the creators had promised that the coin would be used to play a game based on the show. That game, which was never shown, was slated to enter beta and then release sometime this month, again, with seemingly no approval from Netflix. The white paper is unclear about how the game works and how you could earn marbles in order to sell your Squid coins. Obtaining marbles without using violence is the key to Squid Game. It is all it says. And if you're familiar with the Squid Game property, there's a game in that series that involves having to win marbles from another person without using violence. So they're clearly playing off the baseline concept of popularity of this property to spin a tale about how their cryptocurrency and NFTs might work to allow you to effectively use your own money to play Squid Game using these functional things like the marbles game and other games that appear in the show while they take a 10% cut with the 90% awarded to the reward pool. Now, actually, even on those numbers, they'd probably make a fortune if they just played by the rules. But in cryptocurrency land, when you can't even track down who's running the currency itself, you always run the risk of essentially having them pop up this number and not allowing anyone to sell and then at a predetermined time, which they don't tell anyone about, opening the floodgates, selling out themselves, and just blasting the value of the currency, making all that money for what is presumably a fairly small amount of people that is almost certainly the founder group for a currency like this. Now, I say all of this not to impugn the Squid Game name of the Netflix show, but to note that this kind of thing does impugn that Squid Game name. When you've got an intellectual property that is popular, 
that is as popular as Squid Game appears to be. This is the reason why you've got intellectual property lawyers at Netflix or Nintendo or Walt Disney that polices these things that says, whoa, 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 you've got a currency named Squid that you're selling based on the premise of our show, which we can't actually copyright. You can't just copyright the notion of the show or the games within it. But all of this associates your scam with us. And if it goes and becomes a true scam that gets those PC Gamer articles in it, that becomes a negative blight on our intellectual property. So when you've got these kinds of things, yes, it's easy enough to be on the Motley Fool side and say, oh, you shouldn't be Disney, you shouldn't be Nintendo, you should let these things go. But when it turns out that one of these Roblox applications is somehow a scam or data mining the people that play it or something else, that becomes a problem. When you have a squid cryptocurrency where people run away with the money that they've gained from these other folks, that becomes a problem. And yes, this to me looks like it's probably, allegedly, lawyer speak, flat out fraud, (laughs) that they never intended to actually do these things. There's certainly no indication that there was any methodology under which these games would be played with your cryptocurrency or the NFTs they talk about. Their desire was to get this thing popular, get it up and running, get it to a high amount, open those floodgates and cash out. And the Securities and Exchange Commission in the United States, securities regulators around the globe are playing catch up with cryptocurrency concepts all along the way. But this is the kind of thing that you see with a property like this. And Netflix isn't the only one that can be affected by popularity of this type. For our last story in this Squid Game potpourri, we've got a story from an at Twitter user named Squid Gaming. Looks like I might have to change my handle after all, says Lydia here on Twitter. I've lost two amazing presenting opportunities because people don't want to hire me with my Squid Game handle. This is really getting me down now. First I get sent abuse, then I get banned. Now I'm losing out on work. Lots of lovely people suggesting, complaining, etc. But who do I even talk to about this? Who would I email? I have literally no idea whatsoever. And then you have a Twitter thread of what I can only call bad legal advice. Now, if you've seen our disclaimer on these videos, you know I can't give official legal advice to anybody in particular in this space. We can only talk on an informational basis around the ideas that are happening outside in the pop culture landscape. But you get a lot of this kind of thing. Register your handle, buy the domain name, contact Netflix and the Korean producers to come up with a good deal. If you can show a loss of earnings, I think you can sue Netflix, says at Lewis Piper 93. If you're legit losing work and money over this, then that's ground for an actual lawsuit. The name Squid Game is literally your intellectual property, says at Zafir1 on November 2nd. And you get a lot of this. And this is the problem with armchair lawyers and Twitter and social media in general. And we're going to take a look at an article where Lydia at Squid Gaming talks about this a little bit more fulsomely. But just to give you a bit of a spoiler, too long, didn't read. This is an area where we look at things from the law and say, man, that's unfortunate. That's an unfortunate occurrence. If everything that is claimed here is true, it is not actually the kind of thing that the law probably has an easy way to account for, to provide redress for, even if this person is legitimately affected. Because you don't have Netflix, you don't have the producers of Squid Game doing something that is wrong. You don't have them aiming at this person, deliberately damaging them. In fact, the damage, if anything, comes from the popularity and success that Netflix has realized. So the law looks at it and says, well, that's just something that happens, that people have 
success and failure based on something like random chance. And again, if you think marbles and cryptocurrency and stealing people's marbles is a work of art, if you've seen Squid Game, to some extent, you lose occasionally because a random chance is another reference to the game and the substance thereof itself. So Squid Game, really, really weird, very, very prescient in certain important respects here in the fall of 2021. But let's take a look at this BBC News article on this story. Twitch streamer loses work because of her Squid Game name. Lydia Ellerly, 32, said companies are now hesitant to employ her because of her handle and her perceived association with the show, despite the fact that she has been known as Squid Game, and we saw as Squid Gaming on Twitter, for more than a decade. As a result, the Twitch streamer is considering changing her name, presumably her handle and not her actual name. I don't think there's a problem with Lydia. I've received a lot of hate from the fans and I've been turned down for work because of it, she told the BBC. She has 42,300 followers on Twitch and is also part of Yogscast, a collective with more than 7 million YouTube subscribers. For me, it was just a silly name I thought up on the spot, she said. My friends called me Squid because it rhymes with Lid, and my name is Lydia. Because the show doesn't have an official Instagram account, I was flooded with people tagging me or sending me messages thinking I was the show. Now, this is an interesting corollary, right? And I don't think that there's a law here that actually prescribes this, but one interesting question would be, okay, if you're going to have a popular piece of culture that's going to have this kind of impact on everyone around you that's otherwise an innocent party like this Twitch streamer, do you have an obligation to at least try to make clear what is and is not the official account and way of contacting you about the piece of media that you've created? We don't generally put those kinds of positive obligations on content creators, which Netflix is for purposes of this discussion, but it is something to think about because perhaps having an Instagram account that just went to a squid game, having a Twitter account, a Facebook account, whatever else, instead of just using the Netflix account, might have some kind of positive effect on these third parties for very, very limited cost or negative effect for a company like Netflix. Lydia said some of the messages have been hateful, which has made her feel stressed. I started getting abusive messages from people. People were getting angry with me because they were mega fans and I thought I took the account from the show. I had to turn off notifications on my Instagram because it was just constant. My phone has been flooded. My SEO is completely messed up now. I can relate. If you search for me and my brand, which I've had for over 10 years, all you get is the TV show. More recently, I've been turned down for work because of my handle. I guess it's the connotations of the show. It's a very violent show. Maybe it's that. The companies who were giving me this recent role specifically told me I didn't get the work because of my Squid Game handle, and I feel down about the whole situation and incredibly fed up. And who can blame her? Now, I don't necessarily think it's the content of the show itself as much as it's kind of the ramifications here. You don't know what Netflix would wind up doing if you have somebody that is actually presenting at your award show or some other speech under the name Squid Game, because that could potentially be a problem for the actual content holders of the TV show. Not that there's an overlap, right? For the same reason that Lydia here probably doesn't have a legal claim of any import against Netflix. Netflix doesn't have a legal claim, certainly, against Lydia. She had it first. She was using it for a different reason. And that's part of the story here, right? I said, this is one of those stories which probably doesn't have an easy, happy ending under the letter of the law. And the reason for that is because we're effectively talking about a trademark. And trademarks are associated with specific goods and services. Says a trademark 
can be any word, phrase, symbol, design, or a combination of these things that identifies your good or services. So let's pretend, for argument's sake, that Squid Game is a viable trademark. And let's even pretend that Lydia on Twitch had registered it and said, this is identifying me. It has to identify you in connection with goods or services. So in Lydia's case, it would identify her with connection with uh, creation of streaming properties and commentary on video games, whatever it is that she is doing there. Now, it might be a little bit broader than that. Video entertainment production, something along those lines. And that's why you get into fights about what these kinds of trademarks can protect. Because Squid Game, I think we can all recognize, is something different from that. The trademark office says a common misconception is that having a trademark means you legally own a particular word or phrase and can prevent others from using it. However, you don't have rights to the word or phrase in general. You only have those rights with respect to how that word or phrase is used for your specific goods or services. So you could get into a fight about video entertainment production if there was a trademark registered and all these various things. But that's unlikely to be the case in this particular scenario. And I think we can all recognize that Twitch streaming or whatever else Lydia is doing with the Squid Game moniker is not the same as creating a dramatic series on Netflix. And so chances are both of those would be allowed even if they were otherwise registered at the same time. That said, you can get into some protection if you are what is known as a famous mark. And these are generally your Coca-Colas. Uh, your, I don't know, American Airlines, your Nikes, where the actual law says, subject to the principles of equity, the owner of a famous mark that is distinctive inherently or through acquired distinctiveness shall be entitled to an injunction against another person who, at any time after the owner's mark has become famous, commences use of a mark or trade name in commerce that is likely to cause dilution by blurring or dilution by tarnishment of the famous mark, regardless of the presence or absence of actual or likely confusion of competition or of actual economic injury. So let's back up a step here, right? That's all very legal easy. But what it says is if you get into this extra category of something that is deemed famous, then even if there wouldn't be confusion, trademarks are primarily concerned with being helpful to consumers to know who created or was otherwise responsible for something. If we look at Lydia and we say, this person is actually straight up famous. Not 40,000 subscribers, but 40 million subscribers. Everybody knows Squid Game and everybody knows Lydia is Squid Game. Then if Netflix creates a show called Squid Game, it is possible that she could find herself in a situation like the one represented here. And this actually is a reference. Lydia says she is British, I believe, and she's talking to the BBC. So there could be some English law variations on this, but they're mostly going to be very similar concepts for purposes here. Could say, hey, I've got a famous mark. And even though I don't make Netflix TV shows, even though I don't make a Squid Game branded soda pop, if you try to do that, the fact that I'm so famous with this name means that you're trying to do that could diminish me in some fashion. It could just dilute me, right? Because people look at it and say, oh, I guess you're licensing out your likeness to that soda pop brand or that TV show on Netflix or whatever it is, or it could tarnish me, right? Oh, you must have let your name be used on that cryptocurrency that stole that $40 million from people. Uh-oh, or $4 million, I believe. $40 million is a little bit closer to the actual award in the show, if I recall correctly, that they stole that money. And so you allowing your license to be used in that way hurts your own brand, which in fact 
is what Lydia is saying here, right? That the existence of the Squid Game show hurt her brand. The problem is she's probably not famous for any purposes, at least under the United States law. And if you've got a a British lawyer here on YouTube that's going to talk about these issues from that side of the ocean, you should definitely check them out if they have different thoughts on this. But in the U.S., a mark is considered famous if it is widely recognized by the general consuming public of the United States. Factors for determining whether a mark possesses the necessary degree of recognition include the duration, she's got that, 11 years is pretty good, extent and geographic reach of advertising and publicity of the mark, the amount, volume, and geographic extent of sales of goods or services offered under the mark, she's on the internet, again, not bad, and the extent of actual recognition of the mark. That is where she's probably going to fall short. Yogg's cast might help her. I don't know what participation she had in that. I certainly hadn't heard of her before this famous mark in the United States, at least, tends to be the kind of concept that is limited to the really high-end brands that you just know, like the back of your hand if you're in the United States or maybe even elsewhere around the globe, and not even things that we might otherwise consider very well-known. Those don't necessarily get this kind of famous protection. And is that fair under the copyright laws or the trademark laws here? I would say, no, it's not necessarily fair, but it is, in fact, what's written into the law. So there we have it, Squid Game, very, very popular property, talking about inequities, talking about luck, leading your life down a specific path, definitely not Splatoon, and still a lot of interesting legal stories to take out of anything as popular as a brand like this one. If you like these conversations about the business and law of video games, pop culture, and more, please consider supporting the channel. We've got a Patreon. We've got other ways to support us listed in the description to this video. Otherwise, if you just subscribe and tell your friends we're having these conversations, whether you loved or hated Squid Game, and let me know in the comments if you would like to let me know how you feel about the show itself, every single little bit helps. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. If you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.